Welcome to episode 159 of Friends in Film, where you bring Lace Moon News and review the biggest, or in this case, most interesting, new release, which this week is Serenity. As always, I'm Rose Kaput, and this week I'm joined by Josh Straley. You're giving it too much credit right off the top. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, hey, Cooper. Um, uh, in terms of things that are really interesting, though, did you watch any of the Fry Festival documentaries that I dropped this week? You should, because they're both well, they're they're both entertaining, but they both arrive at different conclusions about like what it is. Okay, but it's just it's a wild ride, like all the way through them. It's just like you watching, and you're like, no, no. It's like it's watch it's like watching a horror movie, really. Okay, and you're just like, no, don't go there, don't go there, don't don't do it. And then you're just, then you're listening to like the Fry Festival founders and John right. Rule all over the place, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is insufferable. Um, and then it gets to this segment of like where like influencers are like, let's go to the Fry Festival, everybody. Right. And I was like, oh, shoot me. <laughs> well, did you at least listen to the Weezer album, the Teal album? did not listen to the Teal album. It's a cover album, right? It is. And they did, apparently people were not happy with the No Scrubs cover. Did you listen to the Weezer I album? I did. Yeah, I've listened to it all the time. It's great. <laughs> do you like it? I do. Okay. I like is, Weezer. I have a question. Yeah. What is the Weezer issue? Like, why are, why is everyone just like, I don't know. On them. I didn't know people were bad. I, like my timeline, the people I saw, they were like they were loving it. They were digging it. Who's on your timeline? People, good people. <laughs> I try to keep negativity out of there. Good, it's people. impossible. But I would love, I would love for you to curate a list of Weezer lovers, and that way, the, I know. the one person, the person I saw like raving about it, who made me actually uh, push play, push play on it, mm-hmm. and download it, was uh, Charlie uh, at comicbook.com. Okay, got it, Charlie. So, yeah, I'm He's gonna a good check guy. out your opinions. Play fantasy football together. It's a good time. Book. All right. Followed. <laughs> Just kidding. I searched his name. I'll oh, probably okay. follow him later. I don't have time to look for that. Um, but hey, uh, while you're on Twitter and you, you give Charlie a follow, why don't you um, give us a follow on or at Friends and Film? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for reviews of movies, not documentaries that we have, you can get those on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Spotify, and basically wherever podcasts are found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can get more friends of the show. Yeah, that's how that works. And uh, before we get into our review of Serenity, if, if, if it's even possible to review it. Um, yo, it's uh, possible. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely be discussing it. Uh, but is there anything else you watched this week, Josh? That is, yes. Um, I returned to Split because I was so disappointed uh, <laughs> with Glass last week. I rewatched Split, um, and I think I like it less now. It's still really? good. It's still good, and it's still really fun to watch the movie focus on all of the personalities that James McAvery is giving us. Mm-hmm. Or McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. Thank you. McAvery's someone else. You always I? call him McAvery. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 like, I insert a ER and where the OI is. Yeah. Um, it's And it's terrific. And all of those things. But it's just like it, we just get to the end of it. And I'm like, none of this matters at all. He's going to be. You know, things change in the next film, and I'm just not, I'm not happy with it. Um, but then on top of that, I did do the Fry Festival documentaries, and that's about it for okay. me this week. It was kind of a brutal one, but yeah. So are you, so mm-hmm. since Glass made you like Split less, Yes. are you somebody who then like 
It, well, I guess you liked Indiana Jones 4. You defend that movie? Yes, correct? I defend that movie. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a um, sequel that, like... Um, uh, like a the, sequel like that makes the, me hate everything that came like before. Like, the sequels it. to The Matrix or something. Yes. Do those movies make you dislike The Matrix more? Um, or, like, The Hobbit movies. Do those make you like dislike Lord of the Rings more? No. Those because well, number one the Hobbit movies are different like on so many levels same, just in terms same of universe same sa- some of the same characters same, same director same characters same director different approaches by Tolkien when he wrote them and I differentiate that a lot Split has this we're doing another movie connective tissue to it Lord of the Rings has a finality or had a, had an approach when it was written by Tolkien to be darker and more serious but still exist in that same world okay. if you will um the hobbit was a kid's book that got written and i thought without a script um jackson did as good of a job as anybody <laughs> to know jumping on that project so late uh because it was very much del toro's sensibilities throughout it just you know dropped on top of with jackson dropped on top right. and then uh well i don't want to say um you know but yeah, that's what we got there. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to not be explicit and de- describe the approach that those people took with the movies. They came out fine for the amount of effort that went into them. Yes. Okay. How about you, man? Uh, well, I just got out of an early screening of the Lego Movie you 2. And it was awesome. Ju- uh, not as awesome mm-hmm. as one, but that's I mean, that was tough to say. I don't, I don't have that expectation to begin with, but... It's really fun. Voice cast is great. There's good cameos. Uh, again, like the family dynamic that is at the core of these Lego movies yes. shines through, but it's different instead of father-son. There's something else going on in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just a really good time. A lot of laughs. Good songs. Uh, yeah. Good songs? Yeah. I mean, like, everything is awesome in the first one. Right. And now there's songs, and there's multiple of them. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a good time. I love that. That's great. So, yeah, you should have a – there should be a full review written from me on the site by the time this drops. And that's next week too, right? That's – Is two weeks away. I have yeah, no idea something about like this that. calendar so, year. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll review it then mm-hmm. in in full. And you're not embargoed. No, I'm not. Take that. I mean, I don't think – I think there's actually – there's no embargo. I think, I think there's already reviews up. Oh, I could thanks. be wrong, but – I haven't looked. Me neither. I just know I've seen the movie, so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's no shortage of, though, Cooper, reviews for Serenity. Yeah. It, it does. I have one up on mm-hmm. the site. Uh, calling it, uh, my headline was Hook, Line, and Stinker. It was good. Uh, <laughs> I was very proud of that one. That was probably the best thing to come out of this movie was just that I thought of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, this movie is not good in, like, the slightest. There is an element to it, which I told you about over text, that... Yes. There, it is so bad that mm-hmm. there are moments where I'm like, I'm enjoying this or before, because we, if you listen to the podcast last week, we said we were going to review the kid would be king. Probably would have been a better choice. Probably. Uh, but then like midweek, all of the serenity reviews and kind of discussion started Yeah. and people were just like, this movie's insane. And I was just like, Josh, you want to switch? Mm-hmm. Cause I, apparently this movie is crazy and I want to like experience it. Right. And we have, and it is more insane than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the direction by Stephen Knight is all over the place in terms of the tone, the dialogue. Uh, Matthew McConaughey goes from a guy who's delivering this like it's going to be an, a best picture 
um, you know, nominee to then this is like the a D list movie where it's like straight to DVD and he's just like there for the paycheck. And Hathaway, all over the place as well. The only one who stays like consistent with his tone is Jason Clark. Mm-hmm. But then his outlandish tone doesn't fit with all the different tones the movie's going for, which just makes him even more confusing to watch. Right. Uh, the story is just kind of nonsensical. And then because you like the buzz started that there was this major twist in the movie. And so then you're, I'm watching this movie waiting for the twist. And I'm like, Oh, maybe that's the twist. Maybe that's the twist. Mm -hmm. The twist happens. Then there's like another layer to it. And it's just like bananas. What happens in the finale of this movie? And we need, we got to talk in spoilers, obviously to get to it. For Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, this movie is just really, really messy and disappointing. Oh, not disappointing, because I didn't have any expectations for this. Right. Other than, hey, it's McConaughey, Hathaway. Last time they were together, mm-hmm. they produced Interstellar. Great movie. Uh, but obviously, Stephen Knight is no Chris Nolan. Yeah. And uh, this is a one and a half ticket stub movie. Mm, it is really hard to review this movie um, without talking about spoilers, just because it is that level of nuts. But I can talk about, like you said, the different mood shifts and the tones and all of these things where Matthew McConaughey is playing some like gruff, out of work sailor who is down on his luck, um, prostituting himself, like being a a gigolo for Diane Lane, who I didn't even know was in this movie, but just is literally just lounging in a bed the entire time as McConaughey well, and looking up. out a window, and looking out a window, yeah, peering so out a window. many times, an inner cut all over the place. Every ten minutes, I think it was a mandate. Exactly <laughs> to the point where you're like, she's gonna kill somebody, like <laughs> yeah. you know, because she knows everything or whatever the case is. Never done. Um, is packed full of creepy townsmen giving knowing looks all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, and you're just like, what's going on here? And like, it fits to the vibe when you get to the end of things or when you figure it out, because I figured it out like. 30 minutes in or so and um and at this point i'm not really paying that much attention so i text you you confirm my suspicion and i feel pretty good and then just stay for the rest of the, the film here although i really really wanted to leave Yeah, you really did uh, and, and like listen it, it unleashes a tidal wave of stupidity and is just profoundly irritating in every way um from like anne hathaway academy award winner is just like you know, I don't know, looking doe-eyed at Matthew McConaughey, like yeah. saying, save me. They have weird boat. Like, <laughs> there's, yeah. I I really would like to lobotomize myself and forget <laughs> what this, what, what this was. And uh, you know, let's get to it. But maybe the joy of this movie will be in like 20 years when we've all forgotten about it or moved on. Some other generation will rediscover it in the bottom of, like you said, like a $5 DVD bin or whatever. Like the $1. Or, yeah, Nobody's exactly. buying this movie. And then they will be like, this is insane. How did, how did this happen? Uh, <laughs> because, wow. Um, 0.5 ticket stubs. The lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. The worst, truly the worst of the worst. If you could give it a zero. I would give it a zero. All right, but that's not possible. But it's not possible. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible, but not according to the rules of the ticket stubs that we have yes. sort of set forth. If you have a ticket stub, I mean, you, I, mean yes. I guess you could technically like burn the whole thing when there's ashes. Right. Like, there's, there's always going to be something exactly. left to it. Exactly. Equivalent you know? exchange, all sorts yeah. of things. Like, I literally take my ticket and I rip it up yeah. and walk out. <laughs> I think that's how it works. I think yeah, that's sure. how it works. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump into spoilers here so we can talk about the ending of this movie, which mm-hmm. is, as you predicted, uh, 30 minutes in, which I, I had, did not 
see coming immediately. I kind of figured it out eventually because I was jumping all over the place with different theories of what it yeah. could be. But it is that Matthew McConaughey, first off, he's dead. Yes. Uh, and he has been recreated inside of a virtual video game uh, that is just based on fishing mm-hmm. by his son who yes. has reprogrammed the game uh, basically so he can mm. live out his fantasies but then also build himself up enough where he then has the courage to kill his father right. which was what Anne Hathaway wanted uh, McConaughey to do in the game was to kill Hathaway's husband played by Jason Clark. And he does it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, then, the kid also kills his dad by in ta- real life. Yes, by taking his father's old fishing knife and, yeah, I don't know, stabbing Stab- Jason yeah, Clark's ha- yeah, whatever the case is. And then he ends up in jail, smiles a little bit, and then Matthew McConaughey smiles a little bit or whatever. And then he's there. <laughs> yeah, together. and then they're together again. So it's a happy ending. I, I don't, yeah, like, literally, Matthew McConaughey is a video game character who... His son is forcing to change, or he's recoding the game to include a murder scenario. So, like you said, he can work up the courage, the nerve, to go kill his IRL father. Yes. By sliding in a digital version of his mother to coerce him to do it. It is It is literally so weird, because you get these ideas of it, early on that mm-hmm. computer is somehow involved and Hathaway floats in. She's like, he can hear you through the computer. And I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, what is that? Well, at this point I knew what was going on, but I was like, Oh, this is so exhausting. Like how, how does anyone not know what this is already? The eventual reveal did, uh, help make up for there's, there's a moment where McConaughey, uh, strips down completely naked. So you can go jump off a cliff, right? To take his morning shower. <laughs> and as he's walking, mm-hmm. Knight decides to do, these really odd, just like quick swivel shots around him. Right. And I'm just like, this is so jarring. What is he doing? Where it looks like you're in an RPG game and you're just like, you're walking, your character's walking through Skyrim and then you, and you go, yeah, like, then you're hitting, then you're hitting, take yeah. the camera around. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And that, that armor looks great. Right. After, <laughs> after the twist happened, I was like, oh, that's like what he was going for. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's walking forward and then it's like, click, click, click. He's going to the side, click, 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 going to the other side to change the camera. And I was like, yep. oh, okay. That makes more sense, but like in the moment, which is kind of the same thing you could say about a lot of this movie, like the vague expositiony characters, the weird details of the island that there's a a a, a radio station that only talks about catching the tuna, and it's yes. just like what exactly? Like there, nothing about this place makes sense. And then Jeremy Strong's character, mm-hmm. it's just like until the twist happens, nothing makes sense, and you're just like le- sitting there wondering what is this movie about? In retrospect, the twist makes like somewhat sense of what happened before but it doesn't fix the fact that everything that happened before was so poorly executed and terrible it's just awful and cringeworthy the entire way through i mean there's a scene between um mcconaughey and hathaway on like on the boat and like they eventually get to it down to business you know and you're just watching like this is just like so strange is like and (laughs) it's it's profoundly weird in all sorts of ways. Like, they are chemistry-less to start. Yes. And they're like, let's have a sex scene with them, too, and see where that goes. And you're just like, oh, geez. And that thing is weird as heck. And That's not even the weirdest part of it. What is the weirdest part The weirdest of part of it is that the kid is oh. playing the game. So he virtually <laughs> recreated his parents, let his dad be a gigolo, 
to go mess around with Diane Lane, which mm-hmm. I did not realize this because I was like in my review, I was going to mention that like, oh, like he was going to, you know, he was selling himself to like the older seductress of the island. And then I like looked at, I like Googled both of them and I was like, Diane Lane's only five years older than Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. She looks great. But I was just like, I thought they were like, like there was a much larger gap between them. That's besides the point. But he's making his dad. He's going to have sex with an older lady for money, right. and then he brings his mom into the picture, and has then, sex with her, and then yeah. So presumably he's controlling all of the yes. actions as he. Oh dear and lord! Then that's not, the the <laughs> the part that makes this all the weirder is that there's a line from Jason Clark when he when his character the stepdad first mm-hmm. Frank when he first gets into the island when he first gets <gasps> to Plymouth and he's talking yeah. about how. Uh, you know, what do you do for girls around here? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I heard there's a there's like ten dollar, you know, <laughs> young girls around the corner. And a- after the twist happens, I was like, so this like twelve year old, thirteen year old kid, pro- reprogrammed a fishing game mm-hmm. to allow for him to have a quest to find a cat, so then he could go to the older lady on the island, yes, sleep with her. Mm-hmm. Then he brought his mom into the picture, mm-hmm. had sex with her, mm-hmm. and then he also created like. A hidden back, like, extra game where you go and pay to have sex with minors? Yeah, well, I think that's part of, like, his Clark's character's backstory. So I don't think he's, like, executing that part. Okay. But it's there in, in it's, the game. I think... Potentially. Potentially. You don't see it. Right. I think it's just sort of like a, he's so evil and vile. Right. That's, like, you know, building out his thing. So, like, it was, like, just, like, him, like putting that in there because like clark is the is the creepiest vilest uh most oh, yeah. shockingly wicked and you know, just steal from something <laughs> coming up here um like of them all and maybe he, i mean like his first scene on the island he immediately strips hathaway yeah so he can like whip her and i'm just like what is happening this that is the most inexplicable part of this entire film like we get that he's cruel and everything like that okay like you don't really need to go that far mm-hmm. in showing it like in all, like all cases like Anne Hathaway of all people too <laughs> like is doing this movie and it's like we've given we've given her an Oscar right nominee yes yes she is a, she's a winner yeah. yeah that's right she won for Les Mis I believe what why how this movie did not have that big of a budget like maybe each what person got paid a million to do this I don't know I, <sighs> I think the what happened here was you know Stephen Knight, he is an Oscar-nominated writer, mm-hmm. and then he directed Locke like mm-hmm. three or four years ago with Tom Hardy. Movie got great reviews, yes. super simple premise, and he was just like, all right. Tom Hardy in a car. I've, I've, done, I've done my stuff. I've proven myself. Now I want to like, you know, try something different. And the studios were like, all right, yeah, great. Like, We'll finance you. We'll get you. And then at this point, you know, the success of, of Locke and Tom Hardy, it's mm-hmm. like, all right. McConaughey, you want to come in here? Hathaway, you want to come in here? Hansu, uh, Clark, Jeremy Strong, Diane Lane, all these people. You guys want to come in and be in the new Stephen Knight movie? Oh, yeah. That sounds great. And they like, probably didn't read a script. Or if they did, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's about this guy who wants to like murder his wife. Or murder his wife's – or it's about a wife who visits her ex-husband so he can murder her, her current husband. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say anything about the twist, and then it happens. But, like – it just felt it felt like a terrible directorial debut instead of like a junior effort 
from night. Right. Or something like where it started off is like exactly what the trailer told us it was going to be. You know, a sexy fishing Norb film rather than like this monstrosity. And then all of a sudden Stephen Knight's sitting in the edit bay like, I got an idea. (laughs) And they just... Get get me a kid, put him in front of a computer, let me do some mm, code sequences. Exactly. And then they just ran with it from there. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. Um, If you want to pay... Five bucks on no. a Tuesday afternoon to go see Matthew McConaughey's butt. There you go. If you ha- if you're on, if you're like on AMC A list or you stub Movie Pass for some reason and they let you see this, this movie. This is the only. Oh, this uh, is the movie that lets you see. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, I yeah. Th- there's no way you can pay to see this movie. Like, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot. I mean, it's a movie. I'm not. I don't get strong feelings about it. But in the context of this podcast, I am mad. Right. Well, like. <laughs> I think the lot like I'm not mad about this because it was just so ridiculous. I was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. So it's not like uh, Huntsman Winter's War where I paid eight dollars to see that movie and then oh, I just yeah. stayed there. I'm just like, Back this the movie days. sucks so much. I hate everything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, so it's not one of those scenarios. I do want to run through. Uh, some of my different theories that I had. Yeah, please tell me because when did, I want to know when what you knew when you knew it. Because uh, you went in a little bit more blind than I yes. did. Yes. So <laughs> my first theory that I had, and I was like, oh, this has got to be it, mm-hmm. was that it was a time travel movie. Oh. And Jeremy Strong was his kid from the future. That's why he's like, oh, I'm 20 seconds behind today or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. this makes a ton of sense. But then also there's the old dude in the bar who – uh what's his name uh no idea but he blake or something he runs the the old uh baker that baker Baker that baker always buys you know a shot for every time he's there Mm -hmm. and i think they they always get the same drink and he always sits and i was like oh that's gonna be like him from the future because he also mentioned that that old guy never would it was able to catch the tuna yeah and i was like oh like, I got it. Yeah. That's it. Because then it just sits there and it lingers on him one time. And I'm like, oh, that's him. And mm-hmm. I, like, literally was like, oh, it's like that moment in Star Wars Episode Seven where Ray sees the old lady and worries about, like, is that <laughs> going to be her or something like that, you know? And I'm like, oh, no. And then, yeah, so I had that thought. But I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because I already know this thing. And, like, maybe it's more to it or something like that because, like, that's what you kind of, like, left me on the line for. But, okay, keep going. Yeah, so it was just like I thought that was going to happen and that, like, somehow along the way that like the kid because like they said that the kid's a super genius i was like okay so Mm -hmm. the kid invented time travel somehow and he like something bad happens on one of these fishing trips that's why he's trying to get out there and stop his dad or whatever Mm -hmm. and so that didn't happen then my other thought was because they're mentioning how mcconaughey and the kid can talk to each other somehow yeah non-verbally like through their mind they're telepathic uh and i was like okay it's just like an interstellar situation because mcconaughey it's Mm -hmm. it's right there that like love or relationships or whatever transcends time and space and so he can communicate with his son no matter where he is Mm -hmm. and i was like okay maybe that's what they're gonna do i was like that that just seems like too simple of an idea for like the main twist to be so crazy so I, i don't remember when exactly i was like Okay, I think it's got to be something to do with the video game mm-hmm. other than, like, you know, Jeremy Strong's character was just so weird. Yeah. That was like, like, and, like, all the characters were just so vague and, like, just giving you all, like, the information dump you need. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is just so bizarre. Yeah. See, like, the, the thing is, for me, like, I was like, this is so heavy. Like, after I texted you and then, like, I'm, like, basically was 
set on what I was going to believe the entire way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Like everything else was just like so heavy handed. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He's the rules of yeah. the game. Like, I, I get that. And then as soon as he pulled the maps down, I was like, yeah, there's not going to be the mainland anything because mm-hmm. you're in a video game. So yeah, like, and then, so we get to the ending of this movie. Okay. Yes. And the, you know, the kid is successful in murdering mm-hmm. Jason Clark. And then there's the big, there's like this moment of like happiness between the kid who was somehow then rekindled his relationship with his father, mm-hmm. his real father, Matthew McConaughey. And the, the, the score sweeps in and it's this beautiful, you know, circling shot around the island. And I'm just like, am I supposed to like feel for this kid at this moment? Like this kid's like mm-hmm. a psychopath. Right. Like, I have no sympathy for this kid. I don't know how this is even possible. This like event is happening because he mm-hmm. was like locked away. I think they right. mentioned about him like being put on bail or something. But I'm just like, what? Like that's where you're gonna end this thing? Like no, just leave me with like the kid's a psychopath, and that may maybe a yeah. little bit more like edgy, acceptable, dark. But like this is just like wow. <sighs> Bro, it was just bad. I it was. really, I have no more words for this movie other than don't see it. No, absolutely do not see it. I don't think it deserves any more of our time, any of your time. Honestly, if you're still listening to this podcast That means you've seen it, unfortunately. Or you just wanted to be spoiled. And honestly, just get spoiled. Like, if you listened all the way through, I don't know why I'm telling you this now because you've already listened to it, but, like, just spoil it for everybody so they don't have to see the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're like, oh, I want to go see Serenity, it's like, don't. It's insane. This is what happens. Right. Don't see it. Mm-hmm. Just give them the experience. They can know about it. And we went through the pain for you guys. Yes. There you go. When you eventually get it for free by signing up for Movies Anywhere or whatever the case is, you know, watch it then and just laugh at it uh, all the way through. Right. Or when it, like when Netflix gets it one day randomly and yep. just like, all right, this is the time. But absolutely do not pay for this movie. No. Do not give it any of your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we both did kind of through A-List. Yeah. But also, I mean, like. But also, I've saved we a lot like, of money. So we get, good. like, a free movie every month, depending on, like, how many movies you see. Oh, yeah. I'm so way more like, than that. Oh, right. For me. Exactly, yeah. So, like, if I see three a month, like... Right. You're, then this was your free one. Right, exactly. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is all we have for our discussion on Serenity. We'll be right back in a bit with the news. back with the news as always going to start with our three main topics this week kicking it off with another detective pokemon or detective pikachu movie mm-hmm. in the pokemon cinematic universe that's probably going to happen uh, because thr reported that 22 jump streets writer orion uziel has been hired now to write a sequel to detective pikachu this comes uh, over three months before the first installment of the franchise hits theaters in late this may so clearly they're liking what they're seeing over there, mm-hmm. and I liked what I've seen so far from Me the trailers. Too. I put it. I think we both had it in our top fifteen. It's in the the top fifteen for sure, in the top ten. I actually think it was just 
Was it just an honorable mention? Or is it number 10? I'm checking real quick. I will um, filibuster yeah, just while you check. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it was an honorable mention. Uh, uh, you had it at 15. I had it at 12, but you know, Colton did not tap it in there. So just rough. missed the mark here. So it was, yeah, but still, we are both mm-hmm. looking forward to it very much. Can't and wait. Uh, honestly, as time has continued to go on, I've seen more trailers for it. It played in front of the Lego Movie 2, and the audience there, which is which was mainly just you know families with young children, raving five year olds, played great. Yeah. That movie is going to do so well at the box office, and it looks quality. It looks like a nice, fun time, and I'm not surprised to see that Universal, Warner, no, it's Warner Brothers. Warner, that Warner Brothers. Brothers uh, Slash Legendary is moving forward with this because it looks like they've got a hit on their hands with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, Justice Smith in the lead role, Catherine Newton is also in there as well. So got a good cast. Looks like it's going to be a strong addition in the summer. So yeah, uh, sequel absolutely. Yeah, Uzel is um, also the Men in Black International writer, mm-hmm. so that's good heat for him as well. I think he did some work on Sonic the Hedgehog as well. Uh, there's a little bit of a stain with the Cloverfield paradox. Right. We don't on talk his, about that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, listen, everybody, like, you, you can't save them all, of course. Um, but yeah, like, the insane thing is, I have done a complete 360 on my Detective Pikachu, you know, um, opinions. Like when it first started, it was like, uh, I was imagining the video game Pikachu rushing across like San Francisco or like New York City or whatever the case is with uh-huh. like some modern day character. Rather than what they're actually giving us is a like immersive Pokemon world experience. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. They're really filling out and building out this world. And like, yeah, Warner Brothers has a $5 billion franchise on their hands, I think. How many movies are you talking about there? I think it's probably like a trilogy or a saga. $5 billion over three movies? Yeah. I, I, listen, listen, this is my insane feeling. This is Go my one and a half. One and a half, two? This is my insane feeling, is that Detective Pikachu is a $2 billion movie. The first one? The first one. Wow. The fr- think about how um, saturated the world is with just Pokemon content in general. Mm-hmm. Think how well it could do internationally. Yeah. And then think how rabid Pokemon fans are here. And I really, really I mean, Pokemon Go was huge. Yeah, no, I'm no, yeah. I you, you're thinking you think I'm crazy. That's I, fine. I think I think it's a billion dollar movie. Absolutely, it's definitely a billion dollar movie. Absolutely, but two billion. That's I think that's so. something only Titanic. Yes, Avatar. Yep, Star Wars: Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and Avengers: Infinity War. If it Pokemon is infinitely more popular than Star Wars, not infinitely, but more popular. We'll see. I mean, though, I think if anything, I could see this one doing 1. 1.4, 1. 1.6, mm-hmm. somewhere in between there. Um, and then getting great reviews. And then the sequel, Launching they blow it. it out of the water and it that gets to two. It is, it is going to be a juggernaut for sure. But I would, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm putting that out there now because if we get, I don't, I'm, that's my feeling on this. Um, and then, like, once it, Detective Pikachu runs out of steam, Warner Brothers pivots. All right, straight Ash and Pikachu training movie or with some of their protagonists. Oh, I don't – if cases. anything, I just think they'll just continue pushing things out there. I mean, there's rumors mm-hmm. that, like, a uh, a Mewtwo 
I think that's the character's name, that, like, he could get a spin-off movie. Um, if that happens with Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu 2, I could see... Crossover uh, universe. Ash getting in there. I mean, they've already set up in the first trailer, like, the... Uh, the world. The world, and mm-hmm. that, like, there are, like, Pokemon, like, battles and stuff. Yeah. And, like, the world championships. So, like... Right. You're, like, you're saying there's not going to be, like, a... All right, here's a trainer with, like, a new Pokemon that's, like, not Pikachu, but it's something mm-hmm. else. And then they, like, rise all the way up like over a course of like a trilogy like oh yeah they get to the finals lose or they like they lose in the semifinals and it's like the, the rocky format and then mm-hmm. sequel they come back they win it all right third one it's like they get there again but now it's like them and they're like bitter rival or their best friend and For it's sure. just like there's something else at stakes there yeah like i feel like that's like where we're going and mm-hmm. then you're getting you know more detective pikachu movies you're just getting all the different things precisely i also just loved like the idea that like it's like street fighting or fight club with mm-hmm. these pokemon trainers and right like that like if you take a look at those trailers <laughs> right like, between like uh, pikachu and like charizard yeah yeah like, I think oh that's, my gosh that's like the battle that's going on so yeah uh big things ahead for that not surprised that pikachu 2 is on its way up no and i mean i think rob letterman i believe is the director of detective pikachu and since it looks like this is going to be a hit I would have to imagine he'll be back, and if the movie does the, the the billion dollars, we both believe it will. And if it gets to two billion, that's a whole other story. But as long as it like crosses those thresholds at the box office, then we're I mean probably going to see this sequel in like 2021. Like oh, it'll, it'll be it'll be quick, instantaneous. Yeah, and I mean especially if they're already writing it now, like they could be. I mean I don't think they'll like try to get it ready for 2020 because that could be maybe too soon. Be but nice. uh, they'll it'd make be, 2020 insane. Oh, 2020 doesn't look like super promising, but we got no Star Wars. No Star Wars, but the, we've got... The biggest Marvel movies are Black Widow and Eternals. I mean, there's Wonder Woman, 84, mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. Yep. Uh, I think the new James Bond movie comes out in 2020. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. We'll get to other things that got dated in 2020 as well. So, I mean, there's, there's stuff, but I feel like you look at 2019 coming in this year, and you're like... Every other week, there's just that's like true. this the biggest movie of all time, possibly. And right now, I don't think that could happen in 2020. And if that does happen, then maybe they'd be even better saving it for 2021. So, Detective Pikachu 2 uh, can come in and smash all box office records uh, that land in its path. Speaking of 2020, though, we do know a new movie that is going to arrive that summer on July 17th, directed by none other than Christopher Nolan. Here it is. We finally have some details as far as a release date is concerned, about what Christopher Nolan is going to do next. Uh, we know it, they're calling it an untitled Christopher Nolan event film. That's what Warner Brothers labeled it as. Not that it's necessarily like event is in huge, big budget action, but just it's Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. That's an event in and of itself at Precisely. this point. Uh, and it's also getting an IMAX release, so it'll probably be filmed with IMAX as well, which Nolan has done a lot with Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Interstellar, Dunkirk. Like He's really been pushing IMAX recently and uh so yeah new Nolan movie next year three years after Dunkirk you excited yeah absolutely which means he has been writing it this entire time or working mm-hmm. with I mean John has been on Westworld too yeah but I imagine he's moonlighting with his brother I mean because they're two great collaborators right I mean it's like when when he was like waiting for his 2001 restoration stuff to like you know process he's like oh I write a line of dialogue mm-hmm. sketch out this scene all yep. right Go back to the editing bay. See, the thing is, too, I like totally even forgot that he was working on that in the meantime. Yeah, that's what that's what he's been doing since Dunkirk. Right. Mainly, that's what we all believed. Need to go see that. 
Or at least pick it up. Yeah, I don't think you can see it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, all, it's down on Blu-ray, right? I believe so. Yeah, I need to pick that up. Or 4K um, or whatever. Right. The unrestored edition or whatever, because we're thinking about that. But anyway, this is great. I'm glad that it's under the radar mm-hmm. and like just sort of like it was like leaked out or like tight. Oh, it wasn't leaked out. It was just titled and yeah. no one's really touched it since then. But um, Dunkirk was telegraphed for like years. We knew exactly what he was doing, who he was bringing in. Uh, what warplanes and ships he was hauling and restoring and like you know prepping for it and we know almost nothing about this nothing and it's already got a release date and will probably kick up like really soon yeah so i I, yeah and you know i would love to not know anything about this movie until it just said first trailer says from the batman and inception and dunkirk guy and then we like get into it that's probably i mean i i've said it when we discussed the dunkirk first teaser just like Mm -hmm. The first teasers for Nolan movies never do anything for me because they are just like panning shots of bookcases or sand falling, and it's just like was that the Interstellar one? Yeah, it's just like there's like the, oh, like yeah. Nolan Nolan's first teasers like he puts them out like over almost a year mm-hmm. at a time, and they're just they're just so simple and give you nothing about the story, just mainly like here's some possible settings for the movie. Oh and yeah, yeah. Like it's, so, even the first trailer is going to be like it'll just be that it'll be from acclaimed director Christopher Nolan who brought you movies like Dunkirk bookcase shot mm-hmm. interstellar cornfield like yeah. <laughs> that's what it'll like whatever the movie's about it'll just be like very vague setup shots like that mm-hmm. so uh but yeah I mean I'm obviously very happy new Nolan movies coming out uh as much as you and Colton and other people may not believe I am a big fan of Nolan even you- though I didn't love Dunkirk as much as everybody else on the planet um <sighs> You don't appreciate innovation. That's fine. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's super innovating about Dunkirk. I, you've never, other than shooting in an airplane, but mm, nothing. Okay, nothing. Okay, keep going. Uh, but I think this does raise the question of, since, like you mentioned, there's no details. We don't have cast. We don't have a plot. We don't have anything about the movie. Right. Uh, what is it going to be about? Is there anything you would want it? Any genres? Any uh, anything that you would want to see Nolan tackle next? I want him want him to get back to just low key weird action movies, little thrillers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Memento was. That's what Inception was. That's what I mean. Really, in a lot of ways, that's what The Prestige was. So I want to see him kind of like get back to like what we fell in love with him for and with, um, preferably with like some of the new great talent that's out there mm-hmm. i mean obviously adam driver and daniel kaluuya will be in this movie in some way because mm-hmm. i mean i keep adam it's the only one guy adam driver hasn't worked with yet so he's got to get in there but no i don't know that's a hope but that, i mean that's really about it like i, I mean i really just want to know what nolan's going to bring to the cinema because he's the one director who does something different almost every time mm-hmm. no matter what and so it's sort of like him being the Steve Jobs of everything, where he's like, tell me what I need to see on the big screen in IMAX, and then I'll be there for it. He's, okay. bas- he's basically got his ticket. I, I, my, he punches my ticket every time. Right. You know, so. So there are some possible rumors Ooh. about what this movie could be about. I love possible rumors. Now, I mean, this has not been obviously confirmed or anything, but there's a report out there that the movie is about a former porn star who is involved with the mob and then the mob like comes back to her like years later to what yeah 
That would be wild. So it, it has those thriller elements to mm-hmm. it of classic Nolan, but it would then there's be his first female protagonist of the yes. woman in the lead. He's never had a woman lead any of his movies. And right? yeah, that's correct. And then going a step further, speaking of the female lead, I mean it's time travel. No, I don't. From what I've read of the rumor, there's nothing like major twists like that. Mm-hmm. But Nolan, the the juiciness of this role has already apparently caught the attention of many, many female actresses who want to take the lead role, such as possibly Jennifer Florence, hmm? Jessica Chastain, uh, Marion Cotillard, uh, favorite. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep has also said she may have she just wants a role. What? Not in the lead, obviously, but just a role in the movie. Uh, and then for the males, there's been reports that Christian Bale, unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. wants to get back involved with Nolan. Of course. George Clooney, DiCaprio, Robert Downey Jr. All want shots at the male lead. Oh my goodness. So That would be nuts. Whatever the case may be, right. it is clear that Obviously and unsurprisingly, people still want to work with Nolan. The biggest people in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of these people come to pass, personally, I would love to see Jennifer Lawrence get involved with Nolan because that would be uh, two of my favorite people working together. And they've never worked together either. Double down on that. Get RDJ in here and get him back to like uh, you know a Zodiac sort of a role here, possibly. That's like so interesting to me and just the subject matter alone regardless of who stars i think would make for such an interesting christopher nolan movie and seeing what he would do with it all and so if it happens i'm all on board and the crazy thing is i don't want any one of those men in this movie i think they would take me out of it i don't think i could take george clooney seriously in a christopher nolan movie you don't want christian bale I don't think I want to see Christian Bale in it either. It's been plenty before. DiCaprio. I know, but we've, yeah, I think we're past that. And you don't want RDJ's post-Avengers turn. That would ruin it, I think. Really? I would, I would just see Iron Man that entire time. I would. No no offense to RDJ, but I think Adam Driver would be better. Well, you love Adam Driver. Liam Neeson would be great, even though I've seen him before. But Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson is a good character actor. I mean, RDJ is a pretty good character. Actor. He's got something. No, he's got something to prove. He's got something to prove because he's been playing the same dude for like that's 10 what I'm. Years. That's what I'm saying. He's he's got. But like, no, according to you, he's just that's all he can do. He, that's all you'll see him as. I think so. Yeah, I really do. Or he could like you know go back to his older days where he was doing more interesting roles. Not to say that his roles are more interesting than Iron Man, but like just different roles. There's just playing the, the same character. There's the one with him and Jamie Foxx as the, the soloist. The soloist, and then. There's Iron Man. Those, those are, are all of his roles? Those are his two characters. He can be either Tony Stark or a down-on-his-luck guy, like in The <laughs> Soloist, um, which is also the same character he plays in The Judge. But he also plays Tony Stark a little bit when he's like, all right, let's go to the courthouse and be whimsical or whatever the case is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know this isn't the, this is a Nolan topic, but still. Um, okay. But these are just a speculation at the time. Yeah, obviously. Hopeful wishes. But, uh, well, not for you. You, ho- you. Well, your wish is that he doesn't come anywhere near Nolan ever I, I mean no, I mean they can shake hands or something oh my or he could be like he could be like a guy in the background but I don't do not think he could be a lead role okay in a Nolan movie oh I hope it happens even more now just so he can shut you up wow <laughs> that's hurtful no offense uh but let's move on to well first well, actually hmm. will, the, will this project if that if that's the details if he gets regardless of if it's any of the names we've mentioned 
if it's the type of quality, high-profile people like this, yes, will this be the movie that gets known as Oscar? If Meryl Streep takes a role in this movie, and that's true, mm-hmm. and it is what it says it is, it's not going to have that summer release date. It's going to move back to November, where it fits into like the Oscar-style stuff, sort of like where Interstellar landed. Yeah. And then that'll be his Oscar movie. Okay. But if it stays in July, it's doomed. If it stays in July, it will not have the momentum. No Oscar movie comes out in July. Yeah, except for Dunkirk. Except for Dunkirk, which had a shot. <laughs> and Get but, Out and Black Panther but both it, came out in early, in, but early it, in February. They are they didn't win, so it's kind of like one of those. Neither things. did Dunkirk. <laughs> I know. Like, I, that, that's my point. That's my point. That's why I just didn't get that far. Oh, okay, you're talking about like Oscar. Yeah, wins. Yeah, yeah. You know, Who win? Yeah, paying okay. attention. You're like you just see Nolan check mark. And yeah, then you said or whatever the case is. Yeah. we need momentum here. All right, so then Wonder Woman three mm-hmm. moving away from Chris or Christopher Nolan, who's done Superman movies, back to DC and their future. Patty Jenkins told Vanity Fair this week that she has quote pretty clear plans unquote for what Wonder Woman three would be, but she doesn't obviously currently have a deal to direct. So she's kind of more like, well, if if I do it. Right. Playing, like, you know, kind of negotiating with the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, she has plans. Then she told THR that it would be a contemporary setting after doing a uh, World War One set, Wonder Woman, and then the Cold War era, tackling that with Wonder Woman 1984. Yep. She will now, if she does Wonder Woman 3, take Diana Prince, played by Gal Gadot, into the modern day for the first time since Justice League and briefly in Batman v Superman. So I think this is it's pretty clear that Wonder Woman 3 is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, they moved it back to the summer you know, of next year instead of putting it out late this year because they're like, listen, I'll probably do great, but let's put it back in the spot where it opened to like just over $100 million, right. but then it had such great legs that it played throughout the entire summer and then made over $800 million. Let's do it again, but this time we'll open to like probably a buck seventy-five and just drown out the summer competition the rest of the mm-hmm. way. And... Patty Jenkins will definitely be back as long as Warner Bros. is willing to pay up to For keep sure. her around. They had to already pay her, reportedly, the make her the highest paid female director in history for 1984. And she should become the highest paid director again when Wonder Woman 3 comes around. And if it happens and she sticks around and they go to contemporary, I think that is great. Um, and I just want to really see how Jenkins finishes off her story because even though we kind of, I feel like a lot of times we look at these movies as, oh, you know, they're studio driven or they're, you know, really cohesive. These trilogies, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of these franchises don't get all the way through their trilogies. And if they do, they're changing hands a lot of the times, or there's yeah. not the full way through. Like only like Sam Raimi got his whole trilogy. Uh, James Gunn was going to get his, but didn't. And then Nolan obviously got his trilogy done, mm-hmm. but like there haven't been a lot of directors who actually did, a trilogy from start to finish on superhero movies. No. And I would love to see Jenkins get to finish hers. Del Toro lost his. Yep. Um, he got shot the down. The Russos came on after the fact on two different Marvel franchises. Right. The Thor franchise changed every single time. Mm-hmm. Iron Man changed after, I mean, Favreau did two, but didn't do three. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, it always changed. Burton only did two Batman movies. That's right. Uh, you uh, could, yeah, the list, the list yeah, probably go, go on and it's on. It's literally every... Superman? Superman? Superman. Donner only did the first one and a half until you <laughs> right. quit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know all the details of what happened there, but... No, I don't know specifics. I just but... know there's a Richard Donner cut now of Superman 2, and that's supposedly the better one. <laughs> Can't even remember Superman 2. 
Oy. But hey, Patty deserves this. She's owed it. I mean, and, you know, like you said, negotiating with the press. Oh, yeah, like I've got Wonder Woman 3 basically already set. Mm-hmm. I just have to, you know, get paid to actually do yeah. it or whatever the case is. And yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, getting her into the, you know, in the 21st century. Yes, please. That would be terrific. I have no idea what they would go with it. There's, I mean, there's so many avenues, so many avenues that they could have taken that. But especially because I don't know what 1984 is even going to do. Even though we've talked about it like a ton, right. I still have no clear picture of what anybody in that movie is doing from right. Kristen Wiig to um, Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. all the way through and to Chris or not Chris I'm to Chris Pine too like, yeah. I still don't know why he's in a tracksuit in the mall or whatever the case is or he's got well apparently Patty Jenkins also said that his return will make sense which is comforting to know well, yeah, and I, apparently she even had the idea to bring him back when they were filming the first movie so mm-hmm. this wasn't like a oh the first movie was such a huge hit and everybody loved Chris Pine so much we have to bring him back somehow yeah it was while before that reception even happened. For sure. It's like, no, like if we get a sequel, I want to bring you back in this capacity. Yeah. Which is, for me, reassuring a little mm-hmm. bit because I was not totally worried. They were just like looping him in because they had to or it felt like that dude. Yeah. But it's just like his death was such a huge moment of the first movie and now we're bringing him back. I'm mm-hmm. a little worried. Yeah. We've, we've got that covered, you know, and plus like it's forgivable because he's Chris Pine and right. all sorts of the things like that. Uh, so this is very exciting. Not that we didn't know anything of it, didn't know any of this, we've, but it's just like, it's two, Wonder Woman is still two years away or a year. Well, yeah, a little over a year. A little year over, and six months, basically. year and six months away. So not really on our radar mm-hmm. until the first teaser drops probably this summer. Yeah. Like Comic-Con or whatever the case is. So it's nice to know that she's already, you know, got things in motion oh, for yeah. the next one, whenever that comes around. And that way... Hopefully the negotiations don't take as long this next time, and then they can mm-hmm. have everything ready to go. Wonder Woman 1984 hits next July, opens big the box office. Two weeks later, like Patty's back. We'll get it as soon as we get tracking for that movie. Possibly. If it's like you said, like if even if it comes remotely close to a buck seventy-five, they'll be like, "Oh, Patty Jenkins is doing the next yeah. one." That or, cre- it creates like a headline, and then whoosh. Yeah, I mean, or I'd love to see Warner Brothers do what they did with Detective Pikachu. Get that sequel going basically yeah, before no the first kidding. one came out. And then like we get reports early next year that's like Patty signed back on. Right. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> super the, reassuring. They could already be like halfway through production on like the next one <laughs> yeah. by the time this one comes around. And they're like, all right, perfect. Plenty of runway. Mm-hmm. And speaking of DC, we have one DC sneak peek to talk about in our ticket or skip it with Shazam getting a like just around a minute of new footage mm-hmm. uh, in the special sneak peek that they dropped uh, early this past week. And then we also have it going up against and take it or skip it. The first trailer for Zach Efron's extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile trailer that where he plays Ted Bundy, the serial killer, Josh, which one is getting your ticket this week? Uh, Shazam special look is getting my ticket, but can I go out of my way to say I'm skip it on the Ted Bundy thing? You're skipping it all the way, all the way. Just not about it. It just looks Zach Efron was the wrong choice to pick for that role, and I really, really thought it would be like his Oscar-like mm-hmm. run. It's not. It is just ridiculous with that movie. How entertaining it makes Ted Bundy look. Yeah. Even if that was the case, even if that was the case, his perspective of that movie is the wrong perspective to pick. You want it to be like 
focus on the cops going after him or something. It should be like either it should be like the Zodiac, or it should be something along, or it just should be a little bit more thriller level than have him be the, uh, I mean, uh, the the Frank of like catch me if you can, where you're like, okay. oh, this guy's so suave uh-huh. and you know, like we're falling all over for him because that's the vibe you get. Yeah, and that's the wrong way to take the Ten Bodies story. Yeah, I kind of had that same thought the first time I watched the trailer, but then, you know, you think about how Ted Bundy acted, was portrayed, mm-hmm. um, you know, the directors kind of talked about how they wanted Efron because of his, you know, his his charm, his good looks that like people naturally like him and that they wanted that quality with Ted Bundy because it's how he was in real life. So I get that, but I do still kind of agree with you that they they are towing a very fine line here yes. where they're making him look not like a hero but de- not like a total bad guy mm-hmm. and they i hope that this is just to try to get people sell talking the sell the right. movie and then the movie itself is actually a lot different it actually treats the subject matter with the kind of the respect and the yeah. reverence it deserves but it could not be the case, and we'll know. Well, you guys will know by the time this drops if you want to look for it, because reviews will, I think, start dropping for it tonight as we're recording, because it has its Sundance premiere. That's what I was thinking. I believe yeah. so. Uh, we'll know more, but this, yeah, the Shazam sneak peek. If we can move on to that, please. Uh, is so good. It is. It is all the things that was missing from the first one for me, where it was the humor paired with the action mm-hmm. and like just. I don't know all of the rest of it. Like you had hyped me for the excitement on this movie. Like initially back yes. last year, um, first trailer came out and then I was disappointed because either you or Colton had it in your, in your most anticipated list for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, because you had a superhero mandate of how many movies you would include. And then Colton just isn't excited for it for whatever reason or wasn't before. I but, don't know if he is now, but it looks very good and would probably be an honorable mention now, Yeah, especially after this one, especially after just looking how meta, they are really, really taking not meta, but how, how no, how um, no, no meta. Like yeah, they're it's, treating it's cool it meta. like a superhero satire, but mm-hmm. also with existing and of comics and everything like that. And I think that is gonna be terrific. And the action looks good. The Snydery, action looks great, mixed with um, just some new, lighter, less uh, you know, um, confusing mm-hmm. mannerisms. Yeah, like. There's obviously a Snyder-esque homage to Shazam and Savannah, you know, punching each other through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's meant to make it look like Man of Steel. I don't know if it's there's more to it than that, but it it is fun in that nature. And then getting to see a little bit of what looks like Savannah's origin, and I think Mark Strong has talked about this a little bit with the Shazam set visits that, visits that have dropped uh, over the past week. That he originally is chosen as champion by the Wizard. And then is like seduced by the seven deadly sins. And then they're involved in the movie. And we get to see a sneak peek of that. But then the leap, which people have started to call the Shazam leap, yeah. that effect was so awesome. Uh, the visual aspect of it was, was so great. That was the la- the you know the light bulb going off on my head. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this is going to be really good. Yeah. Or it has the potential to be. This sneak peek is really good. You know, and everything like that. Yeah. And then we, we, we end it with the moment of comedy with Freddy and uh, Shazam trying to buy a layer, right? Uh, and I just, I just want all of those hijinks that mm-hmm. that this movie is definitely going to have. I just want to see more of it. I think we're supposed to get a a full trailer 
sometime in the near future. Um, so maybe hopefully we'll talk about that like next week or the week after. But uh, yeah, Shazam looks great. I'm I feel not like vindicated, but I'm like happy that I had it so high up on my most anticipated list, even though it did only was an honorable mention for us as a whole. But that's okay. Uh, we will move on to the flyby here to wrap up this episode, starting with. A bunch of new images that Vanity Fair dropped for Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There were several that focused on Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt got it some. Uh, Margot Robbie also was shown as Sharon Tate in a couple. And then we also have a first look at Al Pacino's character uh, in the movie as well. So these images look great. There's mm-hmm. no further like plot details or anything to come from them. But uh, it, it looks like a really fun, not spoof, but like a very... Uh, it, this movie obviously knows what it is and yes. taking the, the Western, the former Western TV star aspect with DiCaprio's character and Brad Pitt being the stuntman and all of that stuff kind of weaving together with the, uh, the Manson murder somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks interesting. I just want to see more now. Yeah. It's It's going to be like of that in a lot of ways. It's like everyone's just doing insane things like all the time. And mm-hmm. then also Charlie Manson's like, killing people or whatever the case is. Yeah. Okay. So you got all that. So it's just going to be sheer madness. And you're like, you get all, you get these images. You're like, Oh, this looks fun. That's, that's seventies. That's sixties. That's all that. And you get all this pop. And then all of a sudden you get DiCaprio jumping over the back of his truck with a shotgun. You're like, what is going to lead us up to that point? Um, but I'm living, I'm living for all of those DiCaprio stills and Al Pacino's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, he's not, he's just shaking hands with a goatee and right. sunglasses, <laughs> but still perfect. Um, and then you got Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. Um, adorned up great. So yeah, I cannot wait to see what Tarantino sensibilities, you know, shine on this movie. Yeah. I mean, hopefully if they're doing images, the movie comes out later this year. Hopefully it means we're not too far away from a trailer, but I'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. Uh, then we also have word from Edgar Wright. He was talking to empire magazine this past week. And he said, uh, he, he was described that his next film is going to be a straight-up psychological horror thriller uh, that is going to be set in London and star a female lead. So, obviously something very different for Wright because there's no mention of comedy in this description. So, I love the idea of him going straight horror thriller and tapping into some darker part of Edgar Wright's mind, but then still doing something Edgar Wright-y with this premise and with this you know, this tone and everything. Um it's really, I think, exciting, and uh, I love the idea. Yeah, Baby Driver marked a really good shift where he kind of turned into adventure action rather than comedy, or like, rather than like whimsical comedy right. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be set in central London, and he's going to have uh, co-writer Christy Wilson-Cains, mm-hmm. uh, or Carnes, uh, who wrote the Penny, Penny Dreadful series. So right there, there's those like elements of just dark and terror. So what I mean, yeah, like you said, whatever what his spin on this is going to be will be really interesting. Get Eva to see. Green to star in it. Oh man, she's in Pay Dreadful, right? One, yep, that's her. Uh, that'd, that'd be great. Be, that would be I. Uh, Jeff Snyder of Collider did mention during um, a Collider movie talk episode that he's heard that Anya Taylor Joy is up for the lead role, that which. Would- would be awesome. Right in that genre. I mean, that she'll have uh, new mutants. Hope, maybe. <laughs> maybe somewhere. Like, so everyone will be like, all like, she's perfect for these kind of films. Right. I mean, so. she's already done The Witch. She was just yep. in uh, Split uh, two years ago, and then she obviously just did Glass as well. So she is a go to gal for the horror thriller genre, and uh, 
her paired up with Riot, I think that would be a stellar pairing. So uh, he also told Empire Magazine, though, that he has finished a draft for Baby Driver 2 that would introduce several brand new characters to Baby's story. Do we need this movie? Y- yes, because I had so much fun with the first one. <laughs> it was my favorite movie of 20. 20- it was close to it, my favorite it was, movie. Yeah, it was my favorite movie of 2017. Yeah, it didn't get quite there. I think Star Wars. Just no, bumped played- out Big Sick. I think it was Baby Driver, Star Wars, Blade Runner, right? Mm, I, I don't remember. Me neither. Who can, who can, <laughs> that was two years who ago. Who can say? <laughs> but uh, I would like to see it. He says like the body count's going to be higher mm-hmm. and it's going to be taking all sorts of new directions. So I'm, I'm totally here for that. What the title will be. He's got to do a different play on the title. But um, I'm here for I it. I don't think that. I mean, Baby Driver's going to be in there. Baby driver something, probably. Yeah. But who knows? I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, as long as he is open to this idea, like if this was like Sony being like, right, we'll give you a billion dollars to write a new baby, baby driver movie. And he's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I can't say no to a billion dollars. So, okay, sure. Uh, I would be a lot more hesitant about this, but like, it seems like he is like, he already had ideas for it yeah. to begin with. And this, the original film was a passion project of his. So, if he has ideas and he feels confident that he can continue the storyline in the right way, then I have confidence that Greg can pull that off. Same here. Uh, then we had a report from Variety that Matt Smith has joined the cast of Morbius in an undisclosed role, uh, but it is kind of assumed to be the villain going up against Jared Leto's titular Dr. Michael Morbius, who becomes a vampire in the superhero film. Uh, then we also got word that Sony has dated the movie with, uh, of July 31st, 2020. So it's coming out next summer. Filming is supposed to start, I think, next month. And, uh, yeah, Matt Smith coming straight off of Star Wars 9 of filming it, at least. And it's obviously known for The Crown, Doctor Who, other things as well. I have no... Well, I've seen, like, Terminator, whatever Terminator movie he was in. Don't remember him at all, or that movie. But, okay, cool. Matt Smith. Terminator a lot of people like him. Genesis. Yes. I thought it was the one before Salvation. No, it's Genesis. Salvation, that's my, the other guy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> He's great. You should go watch the sixth series of Doctor Who, which, where he starts up mm-hmm. um, and does three excellent seasons. He cascades into like a little darker and edgier tone as you get to it. And you're like, oh, yeah, this guy could be a great villain. I think he's a villain in Genesis, too. Surprise. Yeah, I think Spoiler, he's uh, whatever. What's it? He's a, he's a Terminator, but he's John Connor is a Terminator or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's how it works out. Still haven't seen it. So yeah, he's like Skynet in human form or something. Yes, that's right. Um, but he'll be perfect as the villain, um, as he probably is in episode nine, which hopefully pe- people say wrapped filming, I guess, yeah. this week. Yeah. Well, allegedly, the, the movie? Yeah. I don't know about or at least that. Allegedly, Adam Driver did. Matt Smith is done with it. Yeah. And, um, Adam, and Spike Lee, I think, said that. Adam Driver done with it as well, but right. People asked Adam Driver, and he's like, oh, "Yeah, that's news to me." Yeah, but then <laughs> like, but really then well. John Boyega like just posted like a photo from the set. It looked like today, so mm-hmm. uh, I think I believe it's supposed to film through February. Yeah, I think titled and bound at the end of February. Yeah, and then first teaser that you will avoid mm-hmm. in April. Whew. Or we'll see. Uh, and then we also got word this week uh, from Vin Diesel that Nicole Perlman, Lindsay Beer, and Geneva Robertson Jorette have all been have all joined the Fast and Furious franchise to develop a female-led spinoff. Uh, Collider then reported that this movie could potentially span multiple years in the franchise's history, so that way they can bring back 
basically all of the female characters in different uh, capacities, especially Gal Gadot, yep. who is uh, dead, unfortunately. Or they, I mean, I'd be totally fine if they just retconned the whole thing. Yeah. Because Fast Six is where she died, I believe, and that movie was not very good to begin with. So just retcon that ending, bring her and Han back to life, mm-hmm. and we'll be totally happy. And you just give her a new franchise. That's how they can circumvent the whole Statham thing anyway. Like, you killed our two best friends, and now you're friends with each other? Like, like wait, no. no they're alive. <laughs> actually didn't kill them. He wanted you to think they were dead. It was all part of a long con exactly. somehow. Right. <laughs> and then that'll be exposed in this new movie. Yes. He's like, you've been paying for them to have a beach house and, you know, uh, I don't know, the, the Caymans? Like, right. Yeah, I thought that you guys knew that, whatever the case is. But yeah, um, Crazy talented writers mm-hmm. here too. Um, Detective Pikachu, Captain Margot, Guardians of the Galaxy Two with Nicole Merleman. Beer has uh, Chaos Walking and Barbie under yeah. her belt, and then Tomb Raider and uh, Captain Marvel and Silver and Black for uh, Geneva Robertson mm-hmm. Duet. So. And all three were part of the Hasbro shared universe writers room oh, together. So perfect. They uh, they've worked together before, and they've all kind of cross paths on different projects whether they've been right at the same time or they came, mm-hmm. the other ones came in to rewrite what the other one did so yeah. it's like they i think have obviously become a, a close working relationship so it's currently unclear if they'll all write the movie or if they're if they just pitch the story and then two of them or just one of them will write it and all of them will produce the movie or whatever it will be um but yeah i mean i want to know more about this because the fast and furious movies are big dumb fun but i don't really want to necess- i mean after Widows, I'm a little more open to a Michelle Rodriguez-led uh, Fast and Furious film, but yeah. they need to avoid like the Fast 6 through 7 version of Letty. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Where she's mind-wiped and it's like, look, we have matching scars, Vin Diesel, and mm-hmm. that's how we know we're in love. <laughs> let's, like, yeah, oh, let's, no. Let's definitely make her as cool as possible. Yeah, and then... Right, handicapping any kind of personality. Right, and then if Hobbs and Shaw is a success later this year, you get like Vanessa Kirby and Isa Gonzalez to get involved, and you bring back Eva Mendes, who's been in the franchise before. So that's right. There's this, this franchise has a plethora of talent, and that that's not even mentioning the new characters that they would probably introduce as well. So I am potentially on board for this. Uh, we also got word this week that Lord and Miller themselves told we live entertainment that they're developing 24 jump street mm-hmm. not 23 right. 24 jump street because they're saving 23 jump street for later dates or something and now just straight on to 24 yeah because 23 jump street is medical school right yes and the, but 24 is for an exchange student exactly and i want to see that movie painted to a back of a russian backdrop you know and it's like of that sounds like a very specific thing for them to say, and they're they're smart, and they I like you know what they're thinking or whatever the case is, or you know you assume that's what they're mm-hmm. thinking. So if they do go international as like CIA or FBI agents, the the P tape, you know, and all sorts of things like that from like our <laughs> politics today is so gonna be there. Oh yeah, like that is that is that is absolutely what it's gonna be, and it'll be hilarious. And I'm so ready for another twenty twenty. I'm the Jump, Street, Jump movie. Street movie, yeah. Right. Especially with Tatum and Hill, because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they're doing a, a spinoff. Okay, that's fine. Like, if it's Haddish and Aquafina, as was reported at one time, that's a great pairing. 
but I still want to see Hill and Tatum. I want to see them complete their trilogy right. uh, or maybe even prolong it, get the MIB crossover at one point because mm-hmm. I still think that'd be a great idea. Uh, but we also got word this week from that hashtag show that C. Robert Cargill is returning to the Marvel Universe to write the script for Doctor Strange 2 after he previously wrote the script for the first movie with Scott Derrickson. So Derrickson's back to direct officially, and now Cargill appears to be back in the fold as well. I think this is great news. He's been teasing Nightmare as the villain in the past and also a larger role for Baron Mordo, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. So if that comes to happen, then Doctor Strange 2 already sounds great. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they're, they're staffing up. The announcement will probably be around the corner sometime soon, maybe? By Comic-Con. July. Well, D23. Got it. Which is, <laughs> I think, like the r- right around there? After? Got it. I think maybe mm-hmm. I would have to check the dates, but yeah, it's the summer. That's when Marvel will unveil probably all of phase four. The Fox deal will be closed and they'll say, all right, here's our phase four slate. But then here's like What's what this? we'll do with X-Men and Fantastic Four in four come, years or whatever. And then there's five Marvel movies every year. No, I don't think they're doing that. You also got, they're doing TV shows now. They're doing so much. That's right. uh, I don't think they can pump out five movies. That'd be crazy um anyway the guy has some horror chops as mm -hmm. well of course so they're definitely hopefully gonna be put to use if nightmare is the case and i'm still hoping my fan cast of paul dano comes to uh fruition or ethan hawk if we're lucky but he hates superior movies so maybe (laughs) he but he doesn't hate money and he's worked with derrickson and cargo before on sinister so it's possible i don't know but after yeah i thought that too but then once he said he as soon as i saw that connection i was like Maybe you're right. Maybe your Dreamcast like can come true. Yeah, Paul that, Dano's just like he's got that look, that nightmare. He nightmare's got such a particular face, and I, I, I don't know. It was it should have been Jalen Hall, but Jalen Hall's going to kill his Mysterio and mm-hmm. hopefully play that role for years to come. But that's okay. Or you can do double Jalen Hall, and I will not complain. Well, if Nightmare's going to be in mocap probably most of the time anyway, why not? Or you go the other Jalen Hall, make Nightmare female Maggie, Maggie comes Jill in. Hall. That would be terrific. Because we talked about. On Twitter, yeah. previously, yeah, we're talking about Elmer. Elmer, yeah. yeah, he was like, he was all up for uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal joining. And I was like, I don't, I don't have time to think about this. So I, <laughs> I sourced it to you. Yeah, and, and I like, said Lady Octopus or who's the other one? Someone else that looked really villainous with fire flame coming out of them. Oh, which I know uh, could be a lot of people, but it was a, it was a Doctor Strange villain. Uh, oh. uh Umar, full circle. Yeah, so. Uh, Let's end this with a couple release date news. Uh, Variety reported that the Blake Lively action spy film Rhythm Section finally has a new release date of November 22nd of this year. It was originally supposed to come out next month on February 22nd, but production was delayed last year after Blake Lively was injured, mm-hmm. and they have yet to, I don't think, finish the movie. So it's obviously it was never going to hit that February date. So now we know it's coming out in November. Looks like a prime slot opening over Thanksgiving weekend up against Frozen 2. I'm really excited for this. It's directed by Reed Morano, also stars Jude Law. So, uh, and Blake Lively just killed it in a simple favor. So I am really excited about this movie and I'm glad to know like, it's still happening this year. Yes. Um, it's huge simple favor fan. I mean, you forgot Sterling K Brown. Is oh, I didn't even, here. I actually didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either until I just Googled the cast. <laughs> so I yeah, knew I've, there was somebody else. Were, the cast. I knew there was someone else missing. Um, but yeah. And so all set for something really fun. Yeah, and then we talked about Ghostbusters 3 last week and that they that Sony wanted it to have a summer 2020 release date, and now they have confirmed just that, that it will hit theaters on July 10th, 2020. Not surprising, but 
it's a nice spot for Ghostbusters 3, even if I am not particularly interested at this point. Yeah, to be TBD on my excitement for that. Yeah, uh, but that is all we have this week for Friends in Film. Uh, I'm not sure what we're reviewing next week either, so you have to tune in to figure out what that's going to be. Uh, we'll also be back this week with a big question tackling streaming and how it is impacting Hollywood and if it is doing so for the better. So be sure to come in and check out that episode and be part of that discussion as well. And if you uh, do, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything covered here and on the big question by treating us at Friends and Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, your iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. Thanks again for tuning to Friends and Film. Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. And be sure to turn next week for our future episode.